Hello and welcome to Milestones. This is your host, Sarah Conrad. Tonight, we are taking a break from our Successful Scholars series. Tonight's show is called A Timely Milestone. This is a hard thing for me to do. It's hard to share personal stories. It's hard to be vulnerable. But I have a story so full of both agony and joy, both fear and hope, and both loss and redemption, that I must share it with all of you. Why? Because we all need to remember that we cannot control time. Each week on Milestones, we celebrate achievements, but none of us choose when we get to achieve these goals. We don't choose all of the whens or hows, and we are often left with whys or, more often, why nots. I'm thinking especially of our efforts as an incredible advocacy organization. We want change. We see the issues, and we see the future we want for this world to be more accessible and more inclusive. But we are so easily discouraged when politics or opinions or people get in our way. We want it now. We want to control time. But we can't. We also see these challenges of time in our daily living. Some of us want a job, and we want it now. But sometimes we have to wait for the right job to open up. Some of us are looking for that special someone to spend life with. But love takes time to grow. Still others are waiting for challenges in their health or living situations that need time to process. So I offer this story to you, whoever you are and whatever you're going through, to remind you that it's okay. It's okay not to have control over every little piece of your life's puzzle. It's okay to be passionate about something, but have to wait to see it come to completion. It's okay because when the time is right, when the world is ready, then and only then, may you fully experience success in all its splendor. So here is my timely milestone story. As many of you know, the reason why I get to be part of the blindness community is because I have cancer. I was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor in my optic nerves when I was one. I went through many years of chemotherapy as a kid. Toward the end of my treatment, my family started getting involved in the American Cancer Society Relay for Life. We were encouraged by some of the other families with kids who had cancer to get involved to support cancer research. A few years after my treatment ended, my dad did a speech at our local Relay for Life called Options and Time. He highlighted how cancer research played a role in my cancer journey. I decided to sort of rewrite my dad's speech with my own research, and I would like to share the importance of time in my story with all of you today. I was born in 1991. If I had been born 500 years earlier, I would not be alive today. It was not until 1628, roughly 300 years ago, that the scientist Harvey began the process of autopsies to understand more about blood circulation. This was long before the understanding of brains and brain tumors, chemotherapies flowing through veins, or even the notion of pediatric cancer. It took yet another century and a half in 1761 for another scientist to connect autopsies with causes of death and the idea of what we today call pathology. This was the foundation of the idea of oncology and what we now call cancer. If I had been born 200 years earlier, 
I would not be alive today. In the late 1700s, a famous Scottish surgeon discovered the concept of operable cancers. He defined these cancers as tumors that were movable, but there were no options for tumors that were not movable or that invaded the surrounding areas, much like my tumor did. My brain tumor is deep within the brain, connecting many different parts of the brain. If I had been born 150 years earlier, I would not be alive today. See, it took yet another century in 1846 for anesthesia to be discovered. So before 1846, most cancers were death sentences to those who were diagnosed. Other improvements throughout the 1800s did help doctors to identify specific cancers with the use of the microscope as well. But there were still no treatments available for inoperable tumors, not to mention any idea about children getting cancer. If I had been born 50 years earlier, I would not be alive today. It was not until 1947 that the first pediatric cancer research was successful. At that time, a treatment was found for acute leukemia, the most common type of cancer in children. It was not until 1958 that chemotherapy was successfully used to treat acute leukemia in children and adults. However, at that time, brain tumors were still not successfully treated in children. If I had been born 25 years earlier, I would not be alive today. It was not until 1972 that the CT scan was invented, a tool used for many brain tumors to be diagnosed. Yet a CT scan was not clear enough to identify my tumor when I was diagnosed. The CT scan inaccurately suggested that my tumor was operable, giving us more hope, false hope. Because in 1977, the MRI machine was invented. This was the tool that would eventually be used to locate my tumor and to realize that it was indeed inoperable. If I had been born five years earlier, I would not be alive today. In 1986, gene mutations were isolated for other related cancers like retinoblastoma. However, no mutation or theories were understood for optic gliomas such as mine. Radiation was still the only option for my cancer or possibly surgery but it was strongly predicted that I would not survive these treatments at such a young age. Even if I had been born one year earlier, I would probably not be alive today. And if I was alive, I would not function the same way I do today. I was born in 1991. In 1991, the gene for neuroblastoma a similar tumor to mine was isolated, improving research for chemotherapy for pediatric brain tumors in the following years. But it still took time. It took until 1993, a year after I was diagnosed, that the combination of chemotherapies was research that would eventually buy me more time to survive. It took even more time for these chemos to be readily used and available in hospitals. 
So before these chemos, the only other options involved high risks of death or significant intellectual impairment for someone as young as me with my type of brain tumor. When I was diagnosed in 1992, chemo wasn't performed on babies. I got to be one of the first to pioneer these new treatments. So it took time. It took years of unanswered questions and experiments. It took years of driving hours each way to and from treatment every day for chemo sessions. It took days of allergic reactions to chemos, traumatic events of closing airways, being unable to breathe, and the words code blue while nurses and doctors swarmed the room during each treatment. Traumatic moments that I can still feel when I close my eyes as I speak of them today. It took more than a hundred MRI scans, multiple kidney tests, the most disgusting tasting medicines you could imagine, and many, many needle pokes. It took growing up too fast, both for me and for my older brother, who is only just a kid himself, fearing that his little sister would die. It took overcoming the awkwardness that my parents felt when asking for help to receive the benevolence from our loving church family, both in prayer and financial gifts. But don't be fooled. While it took time in the past, there's a sneaky trick that my cancer has played on my life. It's always here, and it always takes time. I will always have the risk. I will always need MRIs and oncologists checking on things. I will always have a seizure disorder and will need to deal with medications to manage. I will always have many other medical issues that need specialty care, taking money, time, and strength. But even though I cannot choose these things, even though I cannot choose when or how this works, I have been able to choose to accept the incredible gifts and blessings that have come as a result of my cancer and the road I have been called to walk on this earth. Timing mattered and will always matter in my life. Timing matters in all of our lives. It meant the difference between life and death for me. So I think about all the ways my diagnosis has impacted my life over the past 20 years. You see, on August 1st, just a few days ago, I reached an incredible timely milestone. I celebrated 20 years off of chemotherapy. I remember celebrating five years off of chemotherapy when I was a little girl. We went to the fanciest restaurant in town. My family surprised me. They made us all get dressed up to go and, and didn't tell me where we were going until we got there. And, and then we would celebrate on and on each year as a kid. And we never imagined that we'd get to 20 years. And it's, it's really a huge milestone. And along the way, I have been honored and privileged to be involved in so many different ways in communities that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to get involved in if I didn't have cancer or other medical conditions or my disability. I mentioned that my dad spoke for the Relay for Life. My family was involved for 
about 20 years in the Relay for Life efforts in our hometown. We raised thousands and thousands of dollars for cancer research. I got to meet and walk alongside many, many other survivors as we walked our journey of cancer together, both literally and spiritually. I got to fight back in a different way with those people, moments that I will always treasure. Of course, I've also been able to be involved in ACB. I get to help show others that they can live beyond challenges and that their abilities are much more powerful than disabilities. I get to find community with all of you. I've also been a patient advocate this summer at our Center for Patient Partnerships Law Clinic at the University of Wisconsin Law School. It's really an incredible opportunity to go be alongside patients with life-threatening illnesses, many of whom are in very serious battles of cancer themselves. I have an empathy that cannot be learned. You know, we, we talked about empathy a lot in our orientation, but it's something that you live. You experience it. You, you can't read it in a textbook. You just you either get it or you don't. As I work with patients who are on chemo or who are making really tough medical decisions, I can truly understand. And whether or not I have an opportunity to share about my story or whether I just have a sense of getting it and being able to be there for them, um, it's really an incredible, incredible bond I'm able to have with those patients. It's an incredible way to give back. I also see my participation in law school and in my master's program in public policy as very impacted by my cancer and my fight. I was ironically told by someone when I began law school that I shouldn't be, be overwhelmed by the intensity of law school because it's not like brain cancer. <laughs> they were trying to kind of diminish the craziness of, of, of it all. I took this to heart. Exactly. There will there will be many challenges in life, but with perseverance, support, and time, all things are possible. And I got to learn that in a pretty amazing way early on. And even though that was a really hard challenge, even though that was not something that my family or I would ever ask for, it's really a huge blessing. I've also had some amazing opportunities to meet some pretty incredible people. I attended a camp for kids with cancer growing up called Camp Catch Rainbow. There were a lot of cancer camps around, and it was pretty awesome to just be a kid for a week, not having to think about cancer. And then I got to give back as a mentor and then as a residential director at Camp Make a Dream out in Montana. It's a camp for kids with cancer as well. And it's been incredible to get to meet people in these communities that I wouldn't otherwise have gotten to meet if I didn't have cancer. I think, too, before I coming to law school, teaching special education, um, I was really impacted by my previous experiences. You know, I, I was able to see differences as, as valuable because I grew up with differences as being so natural. I also got to meet many cancer friends along the way, many who didn't survive the fight. And although that's very challenging and, and certainly was very hard to process as a kid, 
I wouldn't change that for the world. I lost one of my closest friends in middle school who fought alongside me. I lost quite a few other friends just in these past couple years, one of whom died while we were at convention in Minneapolis. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, struggle to get close to people who are sick. But I think growing up having illness to be something that's so natural gave me a unique ability to make friends in these communities and to get to cherish those relationships, no matter how long or short they are. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. I also have a number of survivor friends who I've stayed in touch with over the years, and we can truly relate to each other like no one else can. I think my cancer journey has also really strengthened my family and my friendships. I think we grew together in, in some pretty incredible ways. Um, and I, I think, too, my own personal faith has really grown. You know, there's a verse that talks about faith as small of a must, as a mustard seed can move mountains. And uh, I learned that at a pretty young age. And uh, I can only imagine what that's going to look like as I get involved in, in law and policy work in the future. I got to see my faith and the faith of my family move mountains in my own health in the past. And I can only imagine what that's going to look like in the future. So what does this mean for all of us? What does this mean for you? I shared my story what does this mean for you, wherever you are? Well, timing matters. We don't choose time. We choose how to use the time we're given. Whatever you're going through, good or bad, you can thrive. You know, I like to think of having cancer as not just about surviving, but as thriving. It's not about getting through. It's about getting through it and being a blessing and a support to others, whatever that looks like. Whether you're working on a legislative imperative, wrestling through job application processes, or working through the difficulties of relationships, remember the importance of time. As time changes, so do your options. This might mean to wait, or it might mean to act. But whatever the case, it certainly means that you must let go of control of the time element of your life. Since you can't control time, just let it go. And focus on the things that you can control. So what does this mean for the future? Well, I'm happy to say today more and more children survive, in part because of the understanding the doctors had from my case and the cases of others who went before me. I didn't choose to walk this road. I didn't choose to walk it at the time that I did. Those who went before me didn't choose it either. But we paved the way for the children who are surviving more and more each day. There's nothing greater than that. I'd do it again for those kids any day if I could. This journey has started my way towards the future in advocacy work. I learned the importance of research, change, and advocacy so early on. 
as you go through struggles, recognize the opportunities to strengthen your own abilities. Maybe your ability of empathy in those challenges. I know my ability to get it when people are struggling is really powerful as I advocate for others and have deep, fulfilling relationships. And I'm sure yours will too. I can't know the future, but that's okay. I will always have to fight, and that's okay too. I will always be a cancer patient at some level. I will always have to see a crazy number of doctors, take disgusting medications for various lifelong conditions, and know the very real possibility of challenges in my future. The vulnerability isn't a bad thing. It keeps us humble. It keeps us real. It keeps us genuine. Never be afraid of time or losing time. Fear won't change it. Fear won't give you more time. It will only eat up the time you have. Instead, celebrate. Celebrate the milestones, big and small. Celebrate the people who get to walk with you, whether they get to walk the entire length of your journey or just a small piece. Celebrate each thing you learn along the way. And celebrate that you get to live today. I know I'm celebrating, ready to jump ahead in this 21st year off treatment. Whatever comes my way, I'll have this day to look back on and know how blessed I have been to come this far and to have this story to share with all of you. Let me leave you with the lyrics to a song that I used to enjoy at a cancer camp with one of my closest friends. Every long journey is made of small steps, is made of the courage, the feelings you get. When you know it's been waiting, been waiting for you, the journey's the only thing you want to do. We cannot know what you've been through, nor see through your eyes, but we will surround you, the pride undisguised. In any direction, whatever you do, you're taking our love there with you. In every long journey, what drives you to go is half what you know and half what you don't. The secret's been waiting, your heart's got the key. The secret's the only thing you want to see. We cannot know what you've been through, nor see through your eyes, but we will surround you, the pride undisguised. In any direction, whatever you do, you're taking our love there with you. Every long journey begins with a dream, a spirit with courage to make it all real. The dream has been calling, been calling to you. The dream is the only thing you want to do. See, I cannot know what you've been through, nor see through your eyes, but I will surround you, the pride undisguised. In any direction, whatever you do, you're taking my love there with you.
That's all for Milestones tonight. I hope I offered some hope and encouragement. Thanks for listening to my story. Resources for the research on tonight's show come from the American Cancer Society and the American Society of Clinical Oncology. For more information, go to cancer.org or asco.org. Join me next week for our next Successful Scholars episode. Until next time, this is your host, Sarah Conrad, off to celebrate this milestone of my own. Like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. This is my fight song. Take back my life. Still got a lot of violence in me.